0: In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everyone. Welcome once again to the Indycast. Uh, Chad Allen here with you with a Barbara Walter special. Zach is on a uh, special assignment this week, so uh, he will not be here. But uh, worry not, everybody. I do have a guest on with me today. Uh, I have a great guest on with me today. I'm very excited. This is somebody we've been looking forward to having on for a little bit here. Uh, one Mr. Xavier Faraday is on the line with us. Uh, Xavier, welcome to the Indycast.
1: <laughs> thank, uh, thank you thank you so much for having me i'm i'm still not used to doing podcasts so it's like when people like like introduce me i'm like i'm really on a podcast this is, you were th- this is fun <laughs> good well I, I hope by the end
0: of it you're still saying the same thing when we're all done from here that's the important at the beginning it's fun and at the end you're like jesus did i do that no you're hopefully that'll be the case in this one so uh xavier we start off uh, every episode of the IndyCast kind of the same way with five questions we like to call the lightning round um, this is how we get rid of a couple of those really obnoxious podcast questions you get every time you go on a podcast. Um, and then usually we fall off the rails, usually by about question three. Um, so uh, let me get the first one out of the way, the one you hear all the time. Uh, who trained you and when did you debut?
1: I was trained by... I have, it's like a list of people. So I was trained by um, Holly Wicked, uh, Orange Cassidy, Mike Quackenbush... Um, Ophidian and now world famous CB as well uh, those are like my I guess my, t- my four or five trainers that I've had initially
0: Okay,
1: um, I've had like a few sessions with Drew Gulak uh, a couple with, with Chuck Taylor so I think I get it I get like a bunch of like uh, information and influence from like a lot of different people who train me but like the first five I named were like my first, tra- like all my trainers like initially.
0: Okay. Very nice. Uh, question two. What is your first wrestling memory?
1: Uh, TLC3 from SmackDown 2001. Okay. That is, I don't know why, but like anytime I think of like when I watch wrestling, I was younger. That is the last, that's the first and last memory I have. It's like, I don't remember if I watched wrestling after that. I don't remember if I watched wrestling before that. I'm sure I did. Right. Because, like, I slightly remember, like, The Rock and Booker T having, like, a feud. So I definitely watched at least through the summer of the Invasion Angle. But my most vivid memory, like, I think a match I remember beat for beat, being that young, was TLC3. Okay.
0: Uh Question number three: You are part of a tag team called uh, Oreo Speedwagon. Uh, what is the best version of the Oreo cookie?
1: The best version of the Oreo cookie. Um, I really like golden Oreos. Like, I okay, don't know why? Like, it's it's such a simple like inverse. Like, it's just like a simple flavor, but like golden Oreos are my favorite. Like, I, if there's always if I see a pack, I have to buy it. Like, I'm just like that's it. That's the one.
0: Golden Oreos is um, a good one. My house likes the um, like. There's ones you can find here that are half the Golden Oreo and half just the regular chocolate Oreo, um, and those are those are fabulous. Like the duplex cookies, those are those are wonderful. Not quite Oreo, but still <laughs> the same general idea, though. So, no, no, so. I love it.
1: I love it. It's great.
0: Uh, question number four, and this one might need a little bit of an explanation. Um, on the Indycast, we we talk a lot about um, what we call a wet towel movie. And what that means is, is those are the movies that you've just jumped out of the shower, the TV's on, and suddenly you realize that a specific movie is on, and you're going to sit on your bed in that wet towel for who knows how long because you have to finish you have to finish the movie or at least get through a particular scene in that movie because of how good that movie is um, what is your, the proverbial, what is your wet towel movie?
1: It's either Scott Pilgrim vs. the World or it's Drive Very. Um, okay. I, I Scott Pilgrim is like one of my favorite movies of all time and I think as like a, a cinephile, uh, Drive is one of my favorite like visual movies okay. it's, it's very very colorful
0: Oh, very cool. And I'm glad you had to mention one of those movies. I'm going to finish the lightning round and I'm going to come back to uh, to one of those movies real quick. I <laughs> did have a question about one of them. Uh, l- last question, and the one we ask everybody, uh, Marvel or DC and why?
1: Uh, my answer is going to be real detailed, um, or at least like I'm going to try to make it as detailed as possible. Sure. Uh, I will always pick Marvel when it comes to movies, like mm-hmm. when it comes to like live action. Um, I'm always going to pick DC when it comes to animated Okay. They they have like a, a, this weird inverse relationship where it's like one is really good at one thing but they're really bad at the other. Right. So it's like I I will settle for DC animated movies if I can get Kev, Kevin Conroy as uh, Batman. I I will I'll, I'll never ask for anything else. Um and Marvel I think just I think the combination of Marvel being with Disney just gives them such a flair for like really fun movies. And so I I think when DC relies too much on like people like Zack Snyder. I think it's kind of lame. Zack right. Snyder, Zack Snyder. So it's like, he's the kind of person that like reads one book and is like, I know exactly how I'm going to make this movie. And it's like, he didn't really read it. He like spark nosed it, you know? Right. Just he's, he's not, he's a very hit or miss kind of guy for me. And you know? I'm just like, dang, I wish he didn't miss as much as he hit.
0: Well, the, okay. So then let me ask you this. Are you, uh, so I've got a, a few follow-ups on this one here then. Uh, are you excited for the Snyder Cut coming out here, I think, in the next couple of weeks? I think it's pretty soon, if I remember correctly.
1: Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> no, no. No way. You don't I, think I, his I, cut's going to make it any better?
1: No. I, I think it's... I, think it's <laughs> I, I, I wish I was more positive, but, like, I saw Batman versus Superman, and I didn't like it. And then I, like, I don't know, I watched the Superman and like, what was it, like, Superman Dawn of Justice or something, or... Mm-hmm. Whatever one that uh, he faced Zod in, right? And, and I saw that in theaters, and like that was probably like, one of the last times I like paid to see a DC movie, and I was, I think, pretty disappointed. And the date I was on, like when I went to go see it, like we both were kind of just like sitting there silent when the movie ended, and it was just like kind of awkward, and I think it really killed the vibe. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: That's really bad when it, when it, when the movie's so bad it completely kills the date too. That's like, that's that's never a good sign for a movie when it's like, well, the state was going well and then that pile of crap happened. So um, now let me so I'm going to ask about two different TV shows since you'd kind of mentioned that Marvel does one thing well and DC does another. Let's get the the big Marvel one out of the way. Obviously, were you watching uh, WandaVision?
1: I haven't watched WandaVision yet. Like, really? I, I here's the thing, like. There's certain things, like, I will binge. Like, I I feel like, for me, like, I have to binge shows to really, like, get into them. Okay. And, like, WandaVision coming out, like, you know, every week, it's just, like, I feel like I have to wait for it to end and then let everyone settle, and then I'll watch it on my own and, like, get into it. But okay. if I get something, if something comes out with a complete set, like Cobra Kai, I'll finish it. Like, I, I finished the third season of Cobra Kai in a day, and I was like, yeah, oh, man, I can't wait for season four. So, <laughs> But, uh... Everyone who's watched WandaVision, from what I know, they loved it. So I'm excited yeah. to watch it.
0: I'm, I'm excited when you get done. Make sure when you get done watching it, because now you can binge it because it's all finished. Make sure to tag us when you get done because I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> so uh, on the DC side, you said animated does better. Actually, I had discovered fairly recently, and I, I feel like I'm behind on this one, but I have a 10 year old and a six year old. So watching this show, uh, with them around would have been a very bad idea did you watch any of the harley quinn cartoon that they had on uh i think it was on the dc the dc channel before it became moved over to hbo max
1: so i i actually was at a barbershop uh one day and like they were they were just playing the the harley quinn show and i was so dumbfounded i was like what is this I, I had never heard of it prior. And I was like, this is actually pretty cool. Like, it's it's weird, but, like... Yes. I'm also just not, like, the biggest Harley Quinn fan. Like, okay. it's it's not for me. Like, I understand where, like, a lot of people like it, and I completely see where the casuals can just, like, kind of resonate with her, but... Right. Harley Harley Quinn, I think, if they're going to do the character, they have to do it completely differently for me to, like, really be hooked. Oh, that,
0: and that might be one of the reasons to check that one out because I do feel like there was some. They definitely got away from some of the cliche. Some of, it starts out very cliche Harley, but they definitely kind of took it on a different path, which is why I, just, I wanted to see it.
1: I think when I think of Harley Quinn, I feel like it's like they're trying to make her Deadpool, but like not to such a degree, but like very like she can break the fourth wall and you would you wouldn't be like you wouldn't question it. And I'm just right. like I, I don't know if I can if I can really like tangle with that, like I like Deadpool a lot and like Deadpool's already a lot to handle.
0: <laughs> right. So. No. And I could, I can kind of see that they, that definitely kind of is DC's version. Of, that is kind of DC's Deadpool. That that's actually, a, and I've seen them combined up before with like people doing like kind of fantasy drawings of D you know, like a uh, Deadpool and, and Harley Quinn, like back to back firing guns with each other type of thing. So, um, but yeah, no, I can, I can definitely see your comparison on that one. So, um, let me go back to another thing you had mentioned. Your uh, wet towel movie was uh, Scott Pilgrim, and uh, and my co my co host Zach wrote this question actually, and I love it. And it, I love the fact that you mentioned Scott Pilgrim. I'm going to read it directly because I love his wording. Is the movie Scott Pilgrim the universal language in pro wrestling under 30, and, that does, and does that reflect on this
1: era of wrestlers? Oh, that's a <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um, right, honestly. It's weird. I want I want to say yes because at least the the most people I hang out with are like within the realm of like an appropriate age when Scott Pilgrim came out. It came out in like twenty ten. So right, I think that fits like I guess a niche the niche audience that I'm a part of right. and like the group of friends that I I'm in they all love Scott Pilgrim. So uh, as far as wrestling, like universal language of wrestlers, I think that's definitely like my generation like anyone younger than me i think has definitely seen scott pilgrim i showed my girlfriend scott pilgrim and she loved it so with a minute like she's she started talking about it everyone on the timeline started talking about scott pilgrim <laughs> it's just her power i guess that whatever um but uh yeah it's definitely like i think that resonates with a lot of young wrestlers because it's it's such a unique and diverse film that like everyone can get into because it it hits like video game tropes it has like tropes about like you know exploring your sexuality uh i don't don't know like and it has tropes about like talking about like your feelings and coming to terms with like you know the mistakes you've made and uh like really learning about yourself and i think scott Pilgrim was like underrated in that in that uh category because i think i think most people just see it as just like a fun film but like it definitely hits on like really like emotional notes and like it may not be like it's not Blue Valentine, like it's not going to make me choke up and be sad, but like a, right? It's it's a movie. It's a feel good movie. Yeah, that's all I had to say. It's, it's, it's right. a feel good movie. <laughs> no, and it's and it's absolutely. And I'm
0: much older than you are because I'm I'm about to turn forty five this year. But still, you're absolutely right. Excellent, an excellent movie. Though, though, the one thing that I do, I think I might love about Scott Pilgrim more than anything. Some days is that might be one of the most. Attitude-wise, surprisingly, un uh, uh, in in a weirdly good way, unlikable romantic leads. Um, there's just something, you know. Obviously, Scott's a bit of a jerk throughout most of that movie. If you're really going kind to of watch it, and it's the the fact that obviously he learns something at the end and and finally kind of realizes, you know, more about himself by the end of it is is uh makes it a very cool movie. But yeah, he's he's sometimes hard to like at the beginning through the beginning part of that movie at least. So. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, he's 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 a mess, but like I'm I'm really glad he's like a flawed character because like I get really into flawed characters because I'm like, all right, so how are you gonna mess this up? So, <laughs> so bad that you you how am I supposed to believe you're gonna fix it? And yeah. it's like the same thing with like five hundred days of summer. I guess that would be the third movie if I had to, as, as my wet towel movie because, like Okay. I own that movie, but like I also will watch it if it's on TV. Like I, like, I will put everything down because like Zoe so Dishonel is like my like Hollywood crush for a while yeah so and like I hate her in that movie I do (laughs) like I despise her she's a a terrible character but like so is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character like they're both kind of bad they both aren't really like completely honest with each other about the relationship and it's like he wants so much and she knows she can't give that to him but she just lets it happen and it's just like it's one of those things I'm just like I I hate this movie, but I
0: love this movie because, like, the message is clear. You get to love movies that you you almost, you almost, you're angry that you're watching, but you can't stop watching it. That's a, I, I think I have a few movies like that. Sadly, they're mostly my kids and some of their movies that they watch. But, um, let me ask you a little bit about, um, I'm going to go back to wrestling here for a little bit because, um, I, I was, um, scrolling through the timeline especially on your twitter a little bit and you've got a a great video uh right i think it's probably your pin tweet that is like kind of your highlight video which is a wonderful video but i can see that there's definitely some uh it looks like some backyard footage in there from probably when you really first were getting into wrestling from there i think like a lot of people do nowadays um getting into that backyard Do, do you think backyard wrestling gets an unnecessarily bad rap and um, how did starting in the backyards help you ultimately, do you think, as a wrestler moving moving forward?
1: I think, we'll change it last. I'm going to answer the, if backyard wrestling gets a bad rep. It does. I don't think it gets as bad as a rep as it used to. Mm-hmm. Like, the people that, like, really taught me wrestling uh, back in, like, 2011, like, they completely, like, if they went pro, they would either delete all their videos or change their names So like, it couldn't be searched so they could use whatever yard name they liked they could use it on on the indies and it's like i remember seeing like them go to like do shows and it's just like they always get put in the same matches and like promoters only like pay them like five bucks and it was such like a i don't know i think indie wrestling manifested like a toxic environment that was never spoken about until like until like Super Indies came along and they started like they started like booking people that were backyarders, and and more professionals started actually talking about how they used to backyard and started talking about it. And then it became like this accepted thing, and like now there are, are promotions that host backyard shows. like like backyard is now the cool thing. like it's kind of like how like people would make fun of emo kids in high school, but now everybody wants like a Goth girlfriend, like everybody wants that now. like everybody wants stuff like 15 years after it was really cool. I feel like everyone just kind of is like a late on the trends. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like I, I love backyard wrestling. Um, with the way I got into it is just, I was just, I would just watch it on YouTube for like years. And I was just like, Oh, this is so much fun. Like I love this so much. And then I found out, uh, Demorest was who's like probably like the most famous yarder I think I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, lives like 20 minutes from me so i I messaged him i was like hey i really want to learn how to wrestle can you show me and he was like yeah uh just show up today or show up like on this day and um and then i started going and the rest is just history like i just kept going and they kept teaching me things and teaching me how to like structure a match and it it didn't just it just we didn't just go to uh just to like wrestle around and just like you know barely be able to put a match together like we all told stories and i think like wrestling with Demoris is like gave me that like confidence that i have in the ring now instead of just trying to find it when i'm going right out of training because like i'm used to wrestling and just in front of other like other yarders so like those were my peers like i'm used to wrestling in front of people who are conditioned to wrestling and i got through that i got used to wrestling in front of fans so for me like being in front of a live crowd isn't as much of a harrowing experience as it i think it is for others but um i mean i still get nervous but like i think yarding really helped me get better at it
0: okay no it is and it's kind of interesting that you talked about how backyarding uh, helped you start to learn how to kind of build build a match together um you actually did a very cool breakdown on how tension is built in a kill bill fight scene. Um, so uh, what, what draws you most in, uh, into, a, into a film and what are some other fight scenes um, that kind of does fighting right. That helps build that, build that up. Like, like almost like a wrestling, a good wrestling match.
1: Um, so I went to film school uh, while I was like backyarding. So okay. I, like I took a, like, an action cinema class and they, they talked to all about like, different types of character like tropes and identities that like actors have like arnold schwarzenegger and sylvester stallone are like those hard body hero type guys they're always like shirtless sweating explosions they have guns it's like like they'll have like cuts and bruises but it makes them look more like desirable so like people that's what draws people to movies um and i think tarantino does something so cool like with the kill boat fighting like that's that fight scene is so fun because there's no music. It's all sound design and just editing that you're like you're focusing on. Like the the sound of of Gogo's her like her spiked ball going through the air is what you hear the most. You just hear the whoosh, the whoosh, whoosh. Like it gets faster. It gets like it builds on itself, and you know she's gonna swing it. You just don't know when. So you just you're sitting there waiting like what's gonna happen. And every time she swings it, you see a close up of the. Of the ball, like you see a close up of the ball, like it's it's there. Like he's feeding you that information of like saying like there's something more to this weapon. It's not just a heavy like dense ball. Um, other fight scenes I'm really into. Um, anything from Jackie Chan, really. Uh, I think Jackie Chan has some of the most fun environmental fight scenes. Like he always uses the space he's in to his like advantage like he'll mix fighting in with like parkour like he'll slide through like a little underside of a gate to get away from someone and then he'll still have to fight someone as he's making his escape um i forget which movie it is i think it's i think it's police story uh he's like fighting in a mall and i i don't think there was a point where he just is fighting people where he doesn't use like the mall itself as his weapon. Like he's kicking people through glass panels. He's sliding down from like the third, like the third story of the mall. He's sliding down this like rope that's had all these like Christmas lights on it. He slides down to catch up to like the uh, the antagonist, and it's it's incredible. Like it's just like uh, I don't know. Like I love fights that are spectacles, but like I also love fights that are really like traditional. And I think Kill Bill lean more on tradition. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure like that movie was like influenced by Rashomon and Seven Samurai and stuff like that. Yeah. You could, um, but like stuff, I, I don't know. I think I think the more intricate a fight and the more like detail they put it in it, the more they utilize the environment. The best example I think of like a fight scene is like the Raid movies, like the Raid Redemption. Like those movies are incredible. I've never seen like fight scenes done so intense and so pure than I've seen in the Raid movies.
0: And you talk, and you talk about going to, going to film school. I, um, the, um, back in the Chikara time that the crucible project was pretty much mostly you putting that together. If I'm correct. Am I, am I right or wrong on that?
1: Yeah. Um, I was always given like, like a, a, a loosely written script that I had to reformat into an actual script so I could shoot it. Okay. Um, so it was primary... I shot... All the Heralds and Harbingers was shot by me. Um, it was edited by me. I think the score was done by, like, Ophidian. Uh, Ophidian did help me with, like, shooting and editing, but primarily it was, like... Like, I was filming mostly everything. Um, I took the footage home. I edited it. I would send it out. There would be sound design put on it, and then we'd release it. And it was... That was, I think, the most, like, the busiest, like, three months of my life. It was insane. Like, I was going in and out of Philly, I think, like, at least, like, four to five times a week. And um, I don't know. It just, it was very, oh, a very stressful time. But I had a lot of fun because at the time, the Crucible was just something so unique and so fun. that I, right. I, I got to do it with, like, a, a small group of people. But, like, I really got to know those guys a lot, like, and i love those guys cuz like we all created something so special i i mean like i wish it was we could look reflect on it with you know brighter smiles but it is what it is um i just know that like, that's a project that like i i'm still fond of like despite the circumstances
0: right and you're absolutely right it was it was absolutely a a blast and a spectacle to, to, you know, to, to view. And, and, and like I said, you can definitely tell the work you put into it. And yeah, even like what little editing I know how to do from, you know, back in the high school day, in my, back in my high school days is, you know, you, you can definitely tell there was, there was some, uh, some, you know, blood, sweat and tears put into it. And it came out, it came out really well. Um, would you ever look into doing something else like that? Um, you know, I don't, obviously it wouldn't be like the crucible, but, um, would you be interested in, in putting together another like long form type of situation, like what you did with, with that?
1: Um, absolutely. Like my, my idea is like, I always want to do something that's abstract. I want to do like, like I got, Towards the end of, like, my film school, life, like, I, I got really into, like, art house and, like, just experimenting with, like, visuals and um, just, and I want to be able to incorporate that into wrestling. Like, everyone's promos are always the same. Like, I'm standing in front of my phone or I'm holding my phone mm-hmm. up in front of my face and a white wall behind me. Like Like, I know who you are as a character and like the voice and like people do voice tweets now and like it's, it's the same thing because it's just like I'm just looking at a screen with your profile picture like like it's cool like if you're on the fly like you're on the go and you just want to cut a quick thing but like for me I think like visuals are important I think putting the audience in your mind like putting them in your mind space and like showing them how you feel how you see things how you view the world really helps them understand you as a character and i think that's the next thing i really want to tackle is um you know whenever i I have like the next uh, next uh, next, a big like singles match lined up or a big tag match lined up that's what i want to like hit on is i just want to i want to try and like get people to understand where i'm at through a visual sense i want them to not even just visual like an auditory experience like i want them to the music I I hear in my head like that like drives my emotion that drives my goals versus like what I see that like helps influence that you know I want to put all that together and really get people to like feel like they are me like they they are as angry as I am they are as motivated as I am I think uh being able to have visuals and and like make it so effective that like People feel exactly how you feel. I think that's the best way to like get that, All get right. that emotion across.
0: Very nice. Well, so that's
1: me... that's my that's my big uh project uh, coming. Okay. It's just like creating more visuals, visual aesthetics.
0: Very nice. Well, let me let me see because you kind of mentioned you've said in there with like with the visuals and with the music, um, people kind of feeling like they are you, that they're a part of you. Um, I, I'm going to read a tweet that you had not too long ago that kind of made me think of that and and i'm interested in in, i'm sure you can only answer so far in this question and i'm okay with that but uh the tweet read as following the name Xavier faraday will not be around come may slash june i was given this name and i think it's time i decide my future for myself until then i am whatever you have chosen to call me uh we'll experience this rebirth together um i i'm interested to know kind of what made you decide that um I, I'm done with this name that was obviously provided to you, probably coming out of wrestling school. And um, what are and obviously you may not know the name yet, or you may have the name, and you and I don't know if you want to make this the spoiler. I'm okay with that if you do, but if not, um, just tell us kind of what what are some of your thought patterns into going into what you're what you're pondering for for this rebirth, what you're what you're going to become from here. What's
1: the best way? I can't I can't reveal the name because the plan in motion, like I know the final show in which I'm going to use the name Xavier Faraday. And that's like, that's like April. Okay. Um, But for me, I never liked the name Xavier Faraday. It was given to me. Like, it's just, it just was so happened. Like, yeah, that's going to be your name. And I was just like, okay. Um, When I hear Faraday and I was telling, I was telling a friend this uh, the other day, Uh, when I hear the name Faraday, it, Makes me think of Jonathan from the Mummy movie series. Like okay. a very like com- comedic relief, uh, like bubbling kind of idiot, you know, kind of thing. Okay. And, like anytime, I, his name wasn't even Faraday in the film, but like every time I hear the name Faraday, it makes me think of him. And it, I love that character, but that character's not me. And like, I think if I get that feeling, it's not good. And I, I wanted to change my name. Like, seven months ago. And I held off. I was like, you know what? I just put out, like, merchandise. Um, like, I'm starting to get traction. Like, I want to wait a little bit longer. And then I'll I'll see how I feel in six months. And then uh, after our, I wrestled at Paradigm last month, I was, like, on the drive home. I was like, I think it's time. I need to change my name. Like, like I think I've had people tell me, it's like, when my name gets announced during, like, a show, even I don't feel comfortable hearing it. So I was like, you know what, I just need to I need to come out as something like that I feel resonates with me, something that connects with me more, something that's just a little bit new. Um but as far as rebirth goes, I, you you'll see. I, I think when the name gets introduced, everyone will, will understand like the drastic change that's gonna happen.
0: Okay. And so okay, and that and that was kind of my thought there is like you know, I was wondering how drastic of a change it's going to be, but you definitely did use the you re- use the word drastic before I got to it. So <laughs> it, this is definitely going to be a, a be a, it's, a bit it's of a one eighty. Like
1: a, a drastic in terms of like emotion and um, like okay, uh, just character. But like, I'm probably still going to keep the same nicknames. Like I'm still going to be the Kimono King. Like that's that's always going to be a thing. Like I, but I'm gonna. It's just a new direction, I think. I need to head in, in order to really like establish myself in independent wrestling, and okay. I think what is planned is the best way to do it. I can no. always. I, I'm sorry. I wish I could say more, but like, no, I really want to really keep it a surprise because I think a lot of people want to see it. So I'm I'm hoping it's like one of those things there. it's like it gets over well. So we'll see.
0: And yeah you know, and, and I was I was only take, taking a half a gamble that I was going to get the scoop on this one here. I kind of <laughs> didn't figure I was, but that's okay. Um do you think you would uh, like so you, you said you're going to kind of keep the the nicknames and things like that is the, um is this going to be more than just a name change? Is this going to be an overall change from like top to bottom or um
1: I guess do we kind of have to wait and see on that one? I don't even think I've fully decided yet. Um Okay wrestling style probably won't change like uh it, it's it's mostly like name um partially aesthetic but primarily most most of everything else will be will be the same thing okay except okay. the personality of course but of we'll, course we'll so. cross that bridge when we get to it. there we go so um
0: Speaking kind of personality, another thing that you you had gone on a little bit of a, a rant, and I, I don't have these tweets in front of me, but it was around February um, that you did this where you, you had a, a little bit of conversation on bullying commentary, and, and I found the whole, and for those of you that go find Xavier's Twitter and go at 223, 20, 2021, go find it. There's about five or six tweets in a row that I, I really... I really liked and I, I think you made a lot of good points but just uh if you could talk a little bit about what you know, briefly what you're talking about there and i'd love to kind of have you expound a little bit on on commentary and how they were handling it was there and was there something specific that kind of set this off or was it just uh, you know kind of a build-up of a few things that you've you've
1: seen um it's like a, a little bit of a, a little bit of b okay um, unfortunately i don't i don't I'm not gonna comment on like ex- what the exact situation was, but this ex- this, but the situation that triggered like all those like that series of tweets, um, is just like one in the pot of many situations where, or commentators, some commentators just don't do a good job of like, putting over the talent. Like, it feels like sometimes they're just making jokes to you know, to get in with the boys, or like you know to because like they're cool <laughs> with like this this indie name who's also on commentary for some reason so they're just kind of like making jokes instead of like really trying to learn about the talent like as a commentator your job is to your job is to put over the product your your job is to help get the viewer into what you're you're talking about like i think my commentary hierarchy like like excalibur is one of my favorite commentators of all time because like he's so knowledgeable he knows moves he knows the wrestlers moves he knows what the wrestlers are thinking like he he gets the mindset and like he helps me understand what i'm watching like i can't like i can watch uh like the random pwg show and like i'll i'll know what he's talking about when he says like oh you know super dragon hasn't wrestled in like this long, but him and Kevin scenes are going to fix the space, the young bucks. Like I get it. Like he helps me understand the story. Um, and I think it's just a, a, such a, a weird and like, like really bothering some issue. I see in like in indie wrestling where it's like, they just make fun of the wrestlers they see, or they say like, well, I don't know anything about this guy. So it's like, okay, so you're telling me you don't do your own research. Right. Like, like, like Especially for a show that it's announced Like the card is announced Everyone that you know who's going to be on the show You've seen the graphics, I see the graphics Like shows get hyped up and it's like I'll watch, I'm only going to use this as an example I'm not saying this is exactly where it happened I'm just saying like, let's just use this as Just, yeah. uh, just like, a, a, like an example So let's say we're we're watching a GCW show Imagine if GCW uh, Had Who haven't they had yet They They'll bring in someone I'm going to use my tag partner. I'm going to use Josh Waver. They bring in Josh. Josh will wrestle Tony Deppin. Imagine how you know, they all know Tony Deppin because, like, they've seen Tony Deppin for all these, like, for years. And imagine if it's Josh comes out and he's like, oh, I don't know nothing about this guy, but uh, apparently he's he's going to wrestle, you know, Tony Deppin, who's pretty much like the ace of GCW. Like, how how do you make me care about Tony's match? How do you make me care about Tony if you can't even tell me anything about Josh? Like Josh, Josh, they are like, like know something about them. Know that, like, their pronouns, or at least know their pronouns, know their nickname. Like, no, but like, if you're going to put Josh in a match with Tony Depp and not even put them over, it, it's just, it kind of defeats the purpose. Like, why am I watching your show? If you don't care, I don't care. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, you should always, I think commentary should always strive to make the talent look like, Look like titans. Like this should I should feel like I'm watching like like something phenomenal. I, like I don't know. You'll never go into like a basketball game and like someone just doesn't know anything about LeBron James. Like they know LeBron James. Like his his like percentages of shooting from the the corner elbow in the past 15 games. Like they're so intricate with every stat that like I I feel like okay I know LeBron James can never miss a basket from the elbow. Like I know this now. Like. I'm not saying you have to be so detailed, but I think the effort of putting the talent over needs to be there, because if if there's no care into it, the audience isn't going to care, and therefore the product will suffer, and no one's going to make money if they don't care, if the fans don't care about a match, like and if fans don't care about a match, what makes them care about a show? Absolutely.
0: And you're absolutely right on Excalibur, by the way, wonderful reference on that one, because yeah, Excalibur in both PWG and in in what he's been doing in AEW is absolutely wonderful that when somebody new comes out, it's amazing how he almost has their like their proverbial Wikipedia page. He's got their history ready to go so that for people that have never heard of, you know, whomever this is that might be walking out right now he's going to make sure you at least have a basic idea of who the heck that is before they, before they hit the ring. Um, like I thought he did an amazing job of that when, um, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Eddie Kingston fan, but like, I am sure there are people that when Eddie Kingston first showed up on AEW, didn't have a clue who in the blue hell he was. And to have, you know, um, you know, Excalibur there to kind of run down Eddie's history, um, I think only helps the situation or, um, recently with, um, Oh my god, I'm gonna blank on her name right now. The um Maki Ito. Maki Ito, thank you. I hit Ito in my head. And I couldn't think of her first name to save my life, but same situation that he's so good at being able to run down like more about her that like because I don't know that much about Joshi Wrestling. I'm not an expert, but he, you know, being able to get that run down, I thought was stuff like that's excellent. But yeah, you're you're right. There are a few people that need to just stop some days. Um <laughs> uh
1: I'm sure, I'm sure they'll uh they'll catch on they'll like i always feel like uh, to me like this doesn't apply to everyone but to me it's like if you feel the need to like like i don't know say like um oh well, i don't know who this is but like i do a great job like i i, I get you want to put yourself over but like sometimes it's like it's like that, that saying goes it's like if you think this song is about you like it, it really must be like the only thing you talk about because like you're just like oh yeah, like, talk about me like it's just like it's not about this person or that person like it's it's just about like the idea of like wrestling as a collective needs to help each other. Commentary needs to help like wrestlers can't make the ref look bad like the ref can't make the wrestlers look bad like like the ref like we have to respect the rules of of the wrestling world like if we're ignoring like you know. Referee calls and stuff like that Or like we're keeping all the fighting To the outside and the referee just stops counting Like the rules aren't being respected So as, as long as the rules Stay respected and like You know commentary does What commentary needs to do I don't think wrestling can fail Unless right. like you know End all be all things like other outside uh, Variables but like The most important things are just It's like we all Everything is like gets the wheels turning. Like we're all oils, cogs in the machine. Like we all are moving the whole thing going. Like we, we keep it going. Like we're it's like running a car essentially. I don't know. Like like the wrestlers are the engine, but like like is the steering wheel, you know? Like, right. It's everything has to come together.
0: Well let me let me uh kind of segue on this here. You mentioned uh things to keep going. One thing that seems to keep going lately and especially on Twitter is the a bit of an odd feud between the wholesome gang and the creep squad. Um, so which, which side of the world do you fall in on that one? And what, and what are your thoughts about this very, uh very odd feud that that I've been enjoying watching on, uh, on Twitter lately?
1: Well, I, I am the educator of wholesome gang. So that means any kind of discrepancy that like a wholesome gang uh, member has, and they want to take it up with Shug. I'm like, I'm essentially their liaison. Okay, that's 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 my role, I think. So like, anytime like, if someone might post something that's a little questionable or maybe like lean towards Creep Squad, and Chug then wants to find out like, I gotta I gotta answer the call and I gotta like help represent that person to make sure like they're not falling out of line. Kind of like like a like a company lawyer essentially. Okay, so that's like that's me. No. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm wholesome. I don't. I don't do the wrestling Twitter after dark thing. I'm really self conscious. Like that's just not for me. Okay. Uh, hey, like more power to you if you do it. It's just uh, ain't, ain't in a, ain't in my wheelhouse for me to do that. I'll do anything Dude. else. I'm, I'm okay.
0: To to quote Austin Powers, that's not not your bag, not your bag, baby. <laughs> it, it, it's not my bag, baby. No. no. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, You had mentioned recently also on your Twitter that you were uh, jamming out to Christian Cage's uh, theme song, uh, which apparently is his old TNA theme song uh, brought back to life here. Um, Excellent theme song, but uh, who do you think has the best theme song ever? Uh,
1: Christian Cage is is up in the top ten for for sure. uh, Christian Cage's TNA. Um, His waterproof blonde theme from WWE is also good. Um, But my favorite theme song in wrestling um I think for, it, it really varies like I think it's like a seasonal thing for me um I really like Alistair Black's uh CFO's theme before they changed it mm-hmm. um I like Seth Rollins theme Pete Dunne uh as far as the indies go AJ Gray has like <laughs> probably the most hype theme I think I'll ever hear in my entire life uh just because he comes out to he comes out to oh let's do it and I'm like all right all right that's a hype song um, Chase Holiday comes out to Jay Electronica and that is uh, also a very like hype song uh, I can't I can't even put like like a a single like theme I think as my my all time favorite um, I am real although I am really 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 fond of uh, Hollywood Rock okay so like the with the the intro and like the helicopter like flying all over miami and then all years i love it (laughs) i love it like that to me is like my favorite rock of all time it was just like uh complete like hollywood rock brahma uh playing guitar and like just roasting the fans it's it's like my favorite thing i've ever seen like it it all it encompasses like confidence when i hear a when I hear O three 3 rock theme, um, that might be my favorite. Okay. Now,
0: let me, let me ask you this. Let me twist it. Cause this is one we've asked a few times, because there's also been a lot of very, what I'd like to consider. They're all good themes. Don't get me wrong, but they're, they're definitely songs that when you hear them on the radio, you don't immediately picture them as theme songs. Um, some examples that we've used in the past is like uh, Rich Swan coming out to all night long. Um, Effie coming out to goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Yellow brick road um what was the other one that we uh um um swerve coming out to shaka Khan uh when he was uh when obviously he was on the independent scene what are some of the weirder theme songs that you've that you've heard out there that you're like i don't believe they're coming out to this
1: uh for a while it was definitely the shaka Khan was with a with, uh, with swerve uh because i knew the song and like i didn't really like get it until i saw an entrance of him coming out to, And I was like Oh It's a banger It works Yeah It really works And I think like Like Ricochet and Rich Swan Really like Helped that Because I think them coming out To Lionel Richie Really like uh, Changed how people Like view like certain songs mm-hmm. And I think Shug put it best It's like You should always You should always like Think about how you're picking A theme song You shouldn't just pick a theme song Because you like the song You should pick a song Because you know that like The fans will always recognize That's your song Right um I'm trying to think like who had a theme song that se- seems so unconventional that they came out to it. Um I I I've heard so many songs that like I just don't <laughs> I don't even know to Um I think uh what's his name? Um I think Lucky 13 comes out to baby metal
0: and amazing. like amazing okay
1: uh, and like i i think baby Mill is awesome but like i never would picture it as a theme song but like when he came out to me, i was like this is pretty hype like this is actually pretty awesome
0: i don't know give me give me chocolate is a banger so that's <laughs> I'm. <laughs> yeah
1: I, I but like i think it really all just depends on i guess it depends on the person really i don't really have a A single song that's like yeah this is this needs to happen or like this this doesn't fit it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like i think if it's the person it depends on the person if it works um so it's really dependent on like how the person uses utilizes that song and makes it a part of their personality that's why i think chaka khan worked in like the most unconventional sense it's because like swerve came out like Like he was like a black exploitation character. Like he was just really smooth, very confident, very like, you know, retro. But like Shaka Khan was like, that's the only thing that that fits. Like that's like my, probably like my favorite theme song I've heard in a while. It just just works.
0: Now I'm going to kind of hardcore shift gears for the last few questions uh, of the episode today here because uh i have a lot of uh of other kind of non-wrestling topics i want to get through here for you um you had put up a lot of nightmare kirby memes recently uh is that the person you main in is that the character you main in super smash brothers <laughs> no
1: <laughs> no i i i i like never use kirby i think the last time i really like <laughs> tried to use Kirby was when I was trying to unlock Ness in the original Super Smash Bros. Okay. That was, I, don't, I don't really use Kirby like that. So who's uh, your you go-to? Oh, my go-to is Cloud. Is my okay. Um, my secondary is Joker. And I guess my my tertiary, if I have one. Uh, it was uh, Korin. I think I'm going to switch to Pyra and Mithra now. Um, okay. I've, I I haven't played as much as I used to, but like it used to be like Falco, but Falco kind of sucks, and then it used to be Sheik, <laughs> but like I don't know, like I w- I had a, like a moment where I was really good with Sheik, I was really good with Captain Falcon, and like because I stopped playing for like a month, I got really bad with those characters. Um, so but Cloud for some reason, I don't know, like I, I had like Smash on the the 3DS or something, and I just was like, okay, so I'm just gonna use Cloud, and I kept using Cloud, and like. For some reason I always remember all his moves and like the combos that I use with him are like my best combos.
0: So then let me ask you this then. Uh what is what is the best fighting game and why is it Tekken?
1: Um because everyone in Tekken has drip. That's why. Uh, <laughs> I bought uh I bought an outfit that was Armor King's like like streetwear outfit where it's like the the blue sweat. Blue jogger pants and the shirt mm-hmm. with the, the Japanese kanji on it. Like, I bought that whole outfit just to, just to, uh, even bought like a, a king mask just to wear it as like a, a thing. So,
0: the fact, the fact that you haven't bro- broken that king mask, well, because then that looks a little like Lee Moriarty in that instance. So, you might, it might be gimmicking see, see, for a little bit. Here's
1: the thing I told Lee, I was like, Lee, I'm buying this. The minute I post a picture, you have to buy it. And he didn't buy it so lee lee owes me that otherwise otherwise i right. will every every show i'm on with him i will wear that 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 king mask out there that's I amazing okay I don't, I don't care if it's giving infringement i'm challenging lee <laughs> to buy that outfit i'll send him the link <laughs> he has to buy it like it's it's just customary now
0: you should you should have a you should have a, a uh a really weird mask versus mask match where if he loses, he has to buy that mask and wear it. Then that's the, I think that's the trick. It just has to become a challenge and we've got something there.
1: <laughs> he, so. I don't, I don't think he will wear it because it's like, it's not a tiger. And so it doesn't count. And I'm like, I don't care if it's a Jaguar, or if it's a tiger, like All right. buy the outfit, Lee,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're champ. Now Lee, you could, you could do that. So
1: it's yeah, um, champ. You now. he can buy it. <laughs>
0: uh what is the and this is a good question for me especially uh my my co-host wrote this question but but one that i i'm i'm interested to hear the answer for because i am not a big anime person uh i've i've got a few things that i've dabbled in i've dipped my toe into some things what's the best anime to get a newbie hooked cowboy bebop okay and now why cowboy bebop
1: and i I (laughs) have heard that one before so that it's the greatest anime ever ever made Okay. Anyone who tells you Evangelion is good, they're lying. Evangelion is garbage. It is Evangelion is like it's like the 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 comparison of like saying like Boyhood is like one of the best movies ever made. Boyhood was garbage. I hated it. <laughs> I don't care if it took 18 years to make. Boyhood was bad. It was a it was a movie about nothing, and Ethan Hawke was in it. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god! I watched Boyhood at least three times, and any person, the only people to tell me that they really like Boyhood were like old white people, and like that. I'm I, I don't mean any offense by that. I just I'm just saying like, okay. that is that is the pattern of what I've seen. Everyone who didn't like Boyhood were like people who were my age, like they're like like young women, uh, like uh, me, like people of color. Just like they're just like I didn't. It's it is what it is. Like it's it's the life of. Like a a white kid in Texas, like what is there to like really like connect with? Like I didn't connect with it. You may, but people may like it and they may connect with it. That's fine. But like to tell me that it's the best movie of all time is so, so like, like I don't know, like so. What's the? It's it's that's such an exaggeration. It is not like boy, it is bad. Evangelion falls in that same (laughs) realm. Every trope that happens in evangelion Gundam does it better and like doesn't like rely on that like that like weird like like theme of like uh like trauma like I think like that's what I can't really get into evangelion it's like everything's so wordy and they're trying to make themselves sound holier than down very like like meta but like they don't have to do that. Like all the tropes, like these characters having these like telepathic like visions and like talking to each other, via their minds, and you know, like they're naturally gifted to got to pilot these robots to fight. You know the antagonists. Like Gundam did that in 1979. Like, oh, I just don't. I don't care for Evangelion. I just don't okay. care for it. There are a lot of people who like are shocked that I would say that, and I, I stand my ground. I'm like, it's not good. So if you really want to watch the best anime of all time, best anime of all time is Cowboy Bebop. I say that because it has the best voice actors. Um, It's theme and like it's presentation is phenomenal. Like the entire soundtrack is done by like a jazz band. So like the opening, the opening like intro, you hear it, you're automatically hooked. Like it's, it's such a, like a, it's like a one of a kind show. And I think there's been so many shows to try and repeat that, that aura. And it will never come close. Like, I I genuinely think that Cowboy is the greatest anime of all time. Like, greatest characters, like just great story, everything is good and everything is like very very well told.
0: Very nice. Well, let me ask you this on, on briefly on the anime one here. I'm gonna guess I probably know your answer already, but subs or dubs? Um,
1: uh, I will say dubs but it really really depends on what you're watching okay um my favorite anime of all time is fully coolie cowboy bebop is a very 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 close second but fully coolie is only six episodes and it's the greatest anime i've ever seen in my, in my entire life it's not the best anime of all time but it in my like reflection of like what influenced me that is that is all time okay. uh, so fully coolie has a really good dub um Cobra Big Buff has a really great dub. I think every, America is just like so uh used to Dragon Ball Z. I think the Dragon Ball Z dubs are fine. Um what else is there? Like it you can watch dubs if, like what if whatever you want, but like I know some people really like the subs better. Uh My Hero Academia has a really good dub. Um Fairy Tales is pretty good. But, like, for, I guess, whatever I watch that needs to be a sub, like, I can't watch uh, Attack on Titan dub. I have to watch it in sub. Um, I have to watch, like, the movie Akira. I have to watch that as a sub. I don't know. It all really depends on, like, what I'm... Well, it really depends on, like, what I'm feeling. Like, a lot of 90s anime don't have good dubs just because the voice acting wasn't, the direction wasn't good but like if you look at like 2010s like uh anime they're better.
0: Okay. Yeah, Naruto um, my...
1: Naruto's one of those things where like I think you should watch this up.
0: Watch the sub. Okay. My Hero Academia, interesting you mentioned that. So it's actually one of the ones I've started to kind of dip my toe in a little bit. Um and my wife got my wife got really into it for a little while and I was watching some of them with them. So that's but Cowboy Bebop I, I'm is, I'm going to go back and and I've heard that one a few times come up, so that's I think that's where I'll have to uh I'll have to check in with on that one. So uh okay, uh last question before I get to the final three here. Uh was Inception Nolan's
1: peak as a creator? If you had asked me that before I saw uh Tenet, I would have said yes. Okay. But I thought Tenet was unre like so unconventional. Like at first, like when I watched it, I was like, "I don't think I like this," and then like the more I watched it, I was like, "This is actually pretty pretty cool. like this is actually pretty awesome um but it's it's one of those movies like you can't watch it once and like you'll get it like i I think I had to watch Tenet at least like two more times for me to really understand it. Um, but inception is very, very, very hard to top.
0: But he did with tenant. Okay, well, good to know. Well, now, uh, Xavier, I've got uh, three final questions that we ask at the end of every ep- at the end of every episode. Uh, the first one is one we call the Trevin Adams Memorial Question, even though uh, Trevin is not dead. Um, Trevin, if you're listening, hey. Um, and the question goes thusly, it is uh late at night, you are doing the drives you're it's after a show, and uh you get a rumbly in your tumbly you're you're hungry uh and you're coming over a hill and there's a huge shining beacon of wonderful food goodness uh in front of you. Is that wonderful beacon a sheet or a wawa?
1: Oh don't I knew this was gonna be the question. I knew it's a sheet all right listen here's my answer, and this is why it's sheets. Mm-hmm. I grew up with Wawa for the last 28 years of my life. Okay. I am accustomed to Wawa. I know what they all have. I know it's, it's great. It's lovely. It's, I, I think it's fine. But I don't get to have sheets as often as someone who lives in like PA or like or like North Carolina or Virginia. I don't get to have that. So right. to me, sheets is always going to be a delicacy because I don't get to have it often. So when I find a sheets, I'm going. Like I, I will, I will Good. take advantage of the opportunity.
0: And I can tell you that is a hundred percent the correct answer. So you're fine on my, if my, <laughs> if my co-host was here, it might be another story, but uh, he's not here. So we're going to, we're going to celebrate in your rightness in sheets being the welcome to the sheets army on that one here. So uh so question
1: like here.
0: hell yeah. Question two. Uh, this one gets a little dark. I do apologize. But in this performance art, we call professional wrestling. We do sadly lose a lot of talent, early um so if there was uh any uh, talent that is no longer with us that you could work with learn from etc who would it be and why
1: oh man who i'd want to learn from i guess the freshest in my mind is like Brody lee okay um just because like i think he 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 had like all like the ability like he always captivated me like whenever he wrestled like I never like I don't know I never was like disinterested in a Brody Lee match like I, I loved I loved every match he like ever was in like um, I think I watched like all his matches as Luke Harper like he had those great series of matches with Dolph Ziggler I was like okay Luke Harper is like the guy like Brody Lee is awesome like he gets it um, I would. I don't know. Like, I would, I would love to learn from anyone. Like uh, Mizawa, probably. Okay. Mizawa also is like a phenomenal storyteller. Like in just terms of wrestling. Um, who else?
0: Um,
1: Hay- Hayabusa, I would say. I think Hayabusa. Hayabusa was so good so early on and like just had all that taken away from him it was I, don't know, I, I that's so sad but like he he really hit like hit a stride and was like really like just like taking over like the the era of like high flying like it's just something to appreciate about that i'm actually disappointed
0: how how very rarely sadly hayabusa comes up with that question um, I'm glad it did, uh, cause I'm, I'm not sure why he does it more often, but, uh, good, good answers on all, on all three of them. So, uh, last question for you from here. Um, please, if you're, if you're not sitting down now, you may want to, cause here comes the final question. Uh, we here at the IndyCast believe that all animals in nature have certain traits to assist with their survival. Uh, giraffes have the long necks, rhinos have the big horns, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, our belief is, uh, the human's trait is the ability to use tools. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, Xavier Faraday, or at least until May or June, um, if you could fight any animal, what, uh, what animal would it be and what weapon would you use?
1: Um... I would fight. uh, uh, This is a hard question. I don't even know what I'd fight because I feel like I'd lose regardless. Um, Because I feel like I make like a lot of like dumb decisions. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I would fight a shark. Okay. But I'd use a katana. Very nice. Okay. That's that's my uh, that's my that's my go-to. I
0: dig it. Okay. And now, uh, uh, Xavier, this is the uh, part of the episode where uh, one Mister Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call. Get your shit in. Uh, let everybody know where they can uh, find your social media, your merchandise, etc., uh, etc. Et the floor is yours.
1: Oh man! So I, I am on Instagram and I am on Twitter. Obviously, <clears throat> both are just Xavier Faraday. Uh, my Twitter, my Instagram handle is Xavier Faraday, and then an underscore. Um, my tw- Twitter handle is just Xavier Faraday for now. And I'm pretty sure once you follow me, you'll know when the name change happens, because I'll just change the handle and I'll change everything. Um, as far as merch, I'm on What a Maneuver. Uh, all my Speed Speedwagon merch is on Brainbuster Tees, and I believe we have Hot Sauce, limited edition Hot Sauce, as, as well. I think that's on, uh, that's on my tag partner, uh, Josh Waver's Big Cartel. So if you uh, go to their Twitter page. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it's just Joshua Rabra. Um You'll see that they have a a big cartel site, and then that has the that has T-shirts of his, T-shirts of ours as a tag team, and that has the hot sauce. That's a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, but those are like, I guess, the three best sites to really get um, if you want to get merch. Uh, please, please buy some. Um, I'm trying to get a new design out. Uh, by the time the name change happens so like everything will kind of come full circle uh as far as what i have now like you can be one of the last people to own an xavier faraday uh battle los angeles t-shirt uh not like pwg but like the rage against the machine album uh like tribute shirt you can get one of those i think that's it though (laughs) yeah
0: Very nice. Well, Xavier, once again, uh, it's been a blast having you on. Thank you for joining us on the IndieCast, uh, and to all of our uh, wrestling nerds out there, uh, we thank you once again for uh, tuning into the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Uh, so, until next time, everybody. I am, as always, Chad Allen, and as we always say, deuces. What? Well, I, I don't poop today. Hercules Mulligan. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Hi me might i suck <laughs> my own dick for a second i'm ready to greet the day you What's fucker fuck? every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision <laughs> it's that dirty ass meryl street this we are cool. touching we're touching wieners touching wieners professionally
1: rick flair said fuck a six-pack and he never lost an ounce of pussy what i am is a big queer stone cold steve austin birds don't give a fuck about your life